Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. I'm really enthused to have our guest uh, on the show today. Our guest today is Lynette Chappelle Williams. Lynette is the Chief Diversity Officer and Associate Dean of Diversity and Inclusion at Penn State Health Hershey Medical Center. And she has an interesting background that spans obviously across diversity and health, but she's done a lot of really interesting stuff. I'm not going to steal her thunder. Uh, I want to just welcome Lynette to the show. And Lynette, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Anthony. Um, Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I guess, you know, I'm really always fascinated about stories and origin stories. Uh, Tell us a little bit about... Uh, what has led you to become the person that you are? So it really starts in childhood. I'm a an army brat, um, which <laughs> I traveled quite a bit, and so I had the opportunity, you know, to interact with people from a variety of of different backgrounds, moving constantly. So sort of learning how to be flexible and connecting with people rather quickly. And so that actually sort of sparked an interest in doing something that provided an opportunity to interact with folks. And so I started with, um, in college, um, I I decided to major in psychology um, in what is now the College of Health and Behavioral Sciences at James Madison University. And so got through the, my education there and realized I needed to do something more. Um, and so that's why I decided to go to law school, went to Ohio State University, and really focused in on employment and labor issues that seemed to be the most interesting to me. And so that I understood how um, decisions are made, I actually had the opportunity to be a judicial law clerk with the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals in uh, Richmond, Virginia, and then from there had a variety of different positions related to um, EEO and then and then sort of morphed into the diversity field um, and, and understood how the EEO field really was sort of a reactionary type of thing. You have laws, something happens, and now you have to figure out how to address it, whereas diversity provided the opportunity to be more proactive, to understand that people come from different backgrounds and what are some of the things that you can do in terms of creating an environment um, where people feel respected and valued. So I've been with um, Penn State um, Health now for about three and a half years and really thrilled to have an opportunity to create the diversity strategic plan for the organization that includes working with departments that Um, are trying to increase the diversity of our physicians and nurses and other medical professionals, professionals, as well as supporting the diverse diverse student recruitment and retention efforts. Mm. Mm. No, I I love it. uh, Thank you so much. Yeah, really interesting, you know, background and and, and origin on where where you've started out. And it's obviously paving the way and, you know, a focal point of what you're doing today. Um, you know, along the lines of diversity, tell us a little bit about what has your fascination in this field today. Like, it's changing so much. Um, the definition of diversity is changing a lot. Regulations are changing a lot, but obviously the needs of an organization are, are, are changing. Uh, tell us a little bit about in this space, what has your fascination and what has you optimistic today about working in this in this field? 
So you hit on it. It's basically there's an increased focus on addressing diversity and inclusion in healthcare, and there's so many reasons for that. The probably the most significant is the data that comes from the Census Bureau that make some predictions based on the 2000 data. And what it, we know is that by 2042, the populations that are traditionally defined as minorities, which would be single race whites and those who are non-Hispanic, um, the, those populations will be the majority in America. Mm-hmm. And by 2050, as much as 54% of our nation will be um, Hispanic Latinx populations, African American, Black, Asian, Native, Asian, and Native American, all the populations that we traditionally think of um, as, as minority populations will be what people are calling the new collective majority. So at that mm-hmm. point, there will no longer be one race that is the majority um, population. So we, we know that also by 2023, more than half of our nation's children will be defined as tra- traditionally racial ethnic minority population. Yeah. So yeah. from a race ethnicity um, perspective, we're changing. We know the number of residents who are older than 65 is expected to double. Mm-hmm. And then if we look at a 2016 report from Disability Statistics um, Annual Report that's published out of University of New Hampshire, the percentage of individuals with disabilities is expected to increase as well. When we looked like at 2010, um, the population was about 11.9% and it increased to about 12.6% in mm. 2013 and remained about the same. And we, we, we know that that population will continue to grow. Mm-hmm. At the same time that we're having all of these diverse populations coming into um, sort of into the forefront, we know that we've got a shortage um, occurring for physicians. The Association, American Association of Medical Colleges reported that there's expected to be a shortage of 91,500 doctors by 2020. Mm. So as the nation um, is becoming more diverse, the potential healthcare providers will have to become more diverse as well, just to make up for the shortage of physicians that we have. So we really have an opportunity in terms of recruiting um, individuals of different backgrounds. And it's not just race and and gender that we're focusing on. Um, We also know that there's other aspects of diversity we need to be focusing on in terms of our medical professionals, whether we're looking at them from different religious backgrounds, um, different gender identity and sexual orientations, um, disability in terms of increasing the number of physicians with disabilities. This last um, check, about 0.2% of physicians identify as having a disability. So there's a number of different areas of opportunities that we have in terms of bringing in people into the medical field. And so that's really exciting. I love it. I love it. And um, yeah, so thank you for those stats. And it is a really interesting changing morphing um, field. And, um, you know, I was driving to work this morning. And so, you know, I I run a digital health engagement company. So, you know, pumping myself up in the morning is is always really important. I heard the definition of success uh, rephrased from Earl Nightingale, which is kind of like your your iconic, like, uh, success motivational speech, like from the 50s, I believe. 
Um, success is a, uh, is the worthy pursuit of a worthwhile goal, right? And so in your definition of success and what you do, tell me a little bit about, you know, how you, how you define that. Obviously you've been successful in this field. It's changing a lot. How do you, how do you determine, um, you know, the right goals to hit? How do you think about goals and the pursuit of those goals? So there's several goals that I would say, um, are, are critical as we're addressing, um, diversity and, and healthcare. Mm-hmm. One of them is addressing this concept of unconscious bias mm. and the impact that it has on the care of diverse um, patients. It's actually being it's something that's becoming more and more of a target of um, education within the healthcare um, environment to the point where Cook Ross, which is a consulting company, has partnered with the um, American Association of Medical Colleges. Um, to provide training for those who care for individuals um, in hospitals and other environments. Mm. And the goal is to um, educate individuals about how um, unconscious bias can impact um, different populations in terms of assumptions that um, are made. Um, mm. The other thing that, that I think is a goal is addressing um, something that hasn't really been addressed much in healthcare, and that is when patients have bias, um, we we know many organizations have policies in place that says that individuals who provide health care cannot discriminate against individuals um, based on their, their aspects of diversity. But something that has really started to come um, into the forefront is this concept of patients um, discriminating against their health care providers including making requests for different providers based on their aspect of diversity. So mm-hmm. one of the things we get um, um, many healthcare providers are, are hearing is, I don't want you caring for me because you're a brown doctor, right? right. So this is something that's really um, becoming uh, an issue to address. And so a number of organizations are actually creating policies to address this. We, were, we have done so. Um, as a way to you know, provide um, um, protection for our providers. And it's also a great way in terms of providing greater quality care. So our, our policy says that patients um, cannot discriminate against individuals based on their particular aspect of diversity and that you know, request for a different provider solely based on that individual's um, aspect of diversity is not something that we can or should honor. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of it is helping patients to understand that the more you're switching off in terms of different providers, it can, it can have the impact of, of um, challenging the, the quality of care that you're, that you're provided. Mm. So that's something we, we know that there's some clear expectations from our accrediting organizations in terms of increasing the diversity of our medical professionals. That is one way to do it because if individuals feel that they're going to be going into a hostile environment, the chances of them saying, okay, that's a field I want to pursue is is reduced. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really excited by the fact that the organizations who sort of regulate um, the medical education, both the American Association for Medical Colleges and more recently, the Accreditation Council of Graduate Medical Education are both saying, we want you to be doing more in terms of increasing the diversity of our future workforce. 
by creating pipeline programs to introduce individuals who are from diverse backgrounds into um, the medical professional professional environment. So that's one of the things that we have done. We created a, a program where we bring high school students from a number of different high schools um, to learn about a particular topic. This year it will be, for example, oncology. And then have also created what I call niche programs. So we've created one for our Hispanic students in one of our neighboring communities mm. where our Hispanic physicians and our Hispanic medical students will work with the high school students to help them understand you know, all of the opportunity that's available um, in, in medicine. Mm. Mm. No, I love it. I love it. So, well, first of all, congratulations on the on the initiatives, the projects you're doing and, and achieving the goals that you've set forth to do. The goals change and you're adjusting and it sounds like you have a really interesting dynamic of, you know, responding to uh, the new diversity needs of the marketplace that as they come about. Um, so very fascinating uh, work that you're doing, Lynette. I guess let me ask you about, you know, along those lines, I guess you're doing so many great things right now. You're paving the way for an interesting future in, in your system and probably beyond, but, but tell us about the vision, your vision of healthcare in the future. What's, what's the, the future of health according to Lynette and what's that look like? So it will be helping those coming into medicine to be more focused on um, issues of social justice and social injustice. Mm. Um, because as physicians, um, individuals have an opportunity to what I call holistically treat patients. So it's not just their specific medical condition that they've come in for. It could be that it's that that's being impacted by the fact that they don't have um, clean water mm -hmm. or that they are homeless um, or that they're in an environment where they're in fear of you know, like people coming after them for, so they don't feel safe. So right. all factors that are really important that um, we want to instill in um, medical, medical professionals coming up that they can help in terms of addressing um, these issues. And so encouraging medical students to find the time to volunteer to support those who are currently um, underserved and, and listening to them in terms of their request that we provide more education to them on providing what I call culturally responsive care mm. to, the, to diverse patients so that we understand you know, what the impact of language barriers are and so how important it is to, to have um, um, interpreters there who can help to make sure that patients are getting all of the information and vice versa, um, as well as understanding some of the unique um, challenges. For example, for a trans patient, you know, understanding you know, what some of the dynamics might be and and what impact it has when you're using the wrong, wrong pronouns. Mm -hmm. Those are the things I see in the future that we become more focused on this sort of holistic approach to patient care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lynette, I, I, I love this vision um, you have of the future. And I, I agree with it. And it feels like we're, we're, we're heading towards there. I mean, lots of, lots of work to be done. Lots of good work have been, has been done in this space already. And so congratulations on you know, your, your projects, your initiatives, and, um, you know, it's just a really exciting time. Um, Lynette, let me ask you, so I have one more question, uh, before I ask it, um, what's a good way for our listeners to get in touch with you if they would like to, to reach out to you? The easiest thing is to reach via email. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
the email address is lchappellewilliams at pinstatehealth.psu.edu. Great. Great, Lynette. So we'll we'll definitely link to link to that. And uh, so my last question is more about you know. So you've been in health for a while. Um, what's a, a good routine that really works for you these days uh, from a well being perspective? Either daily routine, weekly routine. What's what's something that keeps you you know feeling good and resilient? So as 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 strange as this might sound. Um, mm-hmm having the opportunity to interact with the medical students, mm. you know, and sort of feeding off of their energy. So that's, yeah. that's one of the things that, that sort of helps in terms of well-being. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while, but I have learned the concept of balance, mm. uh, you know, making sure I'm doing things that I enjoy doing outside of work mm-hmm. that really helps in terms of, being able to stay focused on on the responsibilities I have, you know, to um, to my organization and to the the population that I work with here. Mm, mm. I love it. I love it. Yeah. No, it's it's exciting. I mean, I can imagine you've got a lot of good, um, you know, uh, young optimism coming in, and it's just good to feed off that energy. And, and I'm, I'm right there with you on on the balance element. So um, no, so Lynette, this is great. Um, I really appreciate it. And you know. Obviously, as you work on different, you know, projects and initiatives throughout the year, would love to have you back on the show. Uh, would love to have you speak deeper on some of these topics. And maybe next time we go a lot deeper, you know, on the social injustice element, which is probably just a whole body of work in itself that deserves its own narrative, right? And, um, and so, um, so first of all, um, thank you for making time. Thank you for being on our, our show, uh, to our listeners out there. Again, this is the pop health show. This is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world. Lynette, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for making time. It was, this was great. Thank you. Thank you so much.